Trigger warning. The following episode contains references to human suffering, death, factual inaccuracies, several entitled people making light of all these things. If any of the aforementioned topics cause you discomfort, you may want to listen to a different episode. Asbestos tablecloths, cleanups a breeze, and who wants to live past 50? I'm Kelly. So try to imagine if any other company was like, well, you love Coke, don't you? Don't you want to die by it? I'm Andy. As it turns out, diamonds aren't the only thing that's forever. I'm Adam. Ah, yeah, you smell that? That's the smell of money. Don't breathe in too deep, though. I'm Sean, and this is Acid Pop. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This week, we're going to be talking about asbestos. It's got best in the name. It's true. That's why they call it that. It's also got ass in the name. <laughs> the best ass. Let's just leave it at ass best. <laughs> this week's episode is brought to you by our patron, Don. If you'd like to become a patron and get access to episodes early in our private Discord, check us out on Patreon. So, etymology of asbestos. So... Pliny the Younger, right? Oh, we're him. going back. Yeah. So he got this one totally wrong. No. <laughs> That's not like a Pliny. No. <laughs> there's, there, there's no Plinys that have things completely wrong. So asbestos should be called amiantos, which is a Greek word meaning undefiled. We'll get into why a little bit later, but one of the naturally occurring forms of asbestos is a white powder, which looks like quick lime, which you can use to make a chemical that catches on fire when it's exposed to water, which the Greeks used as a weapon to light boats on fire. Okay. So specifically boats. Well, they used it in weapons on and like naval battles. So and manatees, yeah. you can, you can light a manatee on fire. <laughs> so quick lime was called asbestos, which is Greek for inextinguishable because it was a fire that got worse with water. Hmm. So Pliny wrote a lot about amiantos, but he called it asbestos since they look the same and his notes stuck. So we call it asbestos. Why are we listening to a Pliny? <laughs> yeah. Also, Pliny thought it was some sort of vegetable. So <laughs> <laughs> this white powder is obviously a vegetable. Yeah. For dinner tonight, we have mutton, peas and asbestos. Yeah. <laughs> So the closest relevant fear is probably amathophobia, which is the fear of particles from Greek amathos, meaning sand. Oh, God. Having a fear of particles must be mind-numbing. It's <laughs> dust! Ah! Can't even comprehend. <laughs> I mean, at that point, you're just at, like, fear of matter, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> the oh, world exists! Tiny help! Things. You know, sometimes I am like, the world exists, help. <laughs> Not these days. Yeah, more and more. So asbestos is a substance that forms into very small crystals. These teeny-weeny crystals are incredibly resistant to, well, everything, really. Heat, electricity, abrasion, etc. That's great for things like insulation, but if you accidentally breathe some in, these microscopic daggers just hang out in your lungs forever, slicing away at everything they come in contact with. We'll call them cancer gems. Yep. I don't want one. 
So we're on to our acid pop quiz. True or false? Asbestos is an element. Hmm. False? Yeah, I think that's false. Yeah, I don't think that's on the periodic table. Yeah, call up the periodic table in your mind and go through all 110 <laughs> elements real quick. They get it's weird that. at the end. Start True. with hydrogen. It's not at the end, I'll tell you that. So yeah, this is false. It's a mineral made up of magnesium, silicone, oxygen, and hydrogen. Fancy. Hmm. Yep. So true or false, if you're working with a substance that you think might have asbestos in it, you can protect yourself by wetting it down to stop the crystals from becoming airborne. False. I feel like that would be misleading. Like, it seems like an obvious answer, but it's so dangerous, like it probably doesn't work. But I don't know why exactly. So we'll say false. Yeah, I mean, I feel like... Probably wetting it down is better than not wetting it down, <laughs> yeah. but leaving the room is probably a better answer still. Might as well leave the state while you're at it. <laughs> so this is false, unfortunately. With one exception, asbestos is hydrophobic, meaning it practically jumps out of water. <laughs> <laughs> if you pour water on it, it'll jump up into your face. So true or false, asbestos was not used for medical purposes. That sounds false. People people try to, like, well, you already mentioned a plenty. I assume he jammed that in something. Yeah, <laughs> we, we use asbestos for everything. Yeah, I mean, when asbestos was big, I feel like it was like when we were using radiation to, you know, x-rays to fit shoes for people. <laughs> You're not taking your radium suppositories? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Is it going false? I'm going false. You guys are all on the same page today, but this is unfortunately true. Well, <laughs> unfortunately for you guys, but good for everybody else. So asbestos was good enough at what it did that people seem to have not needed to stretch to find more uses for it. Oh, yeah, that is surprising. So true or false, asbestos exposure is the number one cause of occupational death in Canada. No, that's moose bites. <laughs> <laughs> moose kisses. That seems unlikely. I'm saying false. I'm going to say false, too. Just I'm going to say it's the number one cause everywhere. <laughs> well, it's not the number one cause everywhere, but this is true in Canada. Canada has some of the longest-running asbestos mines in the world. So stop still, it. Crazy. Still paying the consequences for that one. Tell them to stop. Well, they have, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Tell them to have stopped. <laughs> yeah, stop about 75 years ago. So we're on to our fill-in-the-blank. What is the smallest amount of asbestos you can inhale that will put you at risk of mesothelioma? What's our measurement here? I'll take grams, ounces, you know, whatever. Let's do an eighth of a gram. I was going to say like 0. 0.01 grams. Okay, so 0. 0.125 and 0. 0.1. I'm just going to like say one inhale. Yeah. Like any amount is bad. It's one good Kelly gets it. According to the WHO, any, any <laughs> amount of asbestos is bad for you. I can't measure that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty hard. So how far back have we found asbestos being used? To plenty. Yeah, at least the Greeks. I'm, I'm going to say Egypt. Yeah. Once again, Egypt is not a time. Yes, it is. Well, <laughs> that's like two to 3,000 BCE. Um, I'm going to go later. I say like 700 BCE, noting that I don't know when Pliny lived. <laughs> I think he was uh, early CEs. Okay. So I feel good about 700 BCE. <laughs> you got to guess there, Adam? Did you already guess? I said Mesopotamia, whatever time oh. that is. Okay. <laughs> I think that's like 8,000 BCE. But yeah, this one's a little hard. Asbestos is just out there. So it's been found in pottery and such back thousands of years. But the first time it was probably used intentionally was in Egypt. So Andy nailed it at about 2000 BCE. So Egypt was the time. 
It's true. So we'll get into what it was for a bit later. You could argue that's today, though. They're still in Egypt. <laughs> yeah, but are they using asbestos? <laughs> Probably somewhere. So when were the harmful effects of asbestos first documented? Uh, Probably not Egypt. Probably not. I'm going to say right away. But that stuff's so dang useful, they didn't care. You say like 1860. Somewhere on an Egyptian tomb, it's just like bird eyeball cancer. (laughs) (laughs) What is the carving for cancer? Is it a crab? (laughs) I don't know. I'm going to be optimistic. Maybe we started using it everywhere because no one had ever documented it being a problem. Or say like 1950s. Well, unfortunately, some Greek guy who supervised an asbestos mine wrote about the disease of slaves, which would cause said slaves to hack, cough, and die. The slave miners stretched goat bladders over their faces to try and protect themselves. Mm. And this was in about 450 BCE. So we've known for about 2,500 years that this stuff ain't good. The disease was human greed. (laughs) (laughs) So how long after exposure to asbestos does it take for symptoms of mesothelia to show up? I thought this was years, but I, I, like Kelly said, if you got a good inhale, maybe it just starts. I mean, if you just fill somebody's lungs completely with asbestos, it probably starts right away. <laughs> yeah, that's called drowning. 15, 15 <laughs> years? 15 years. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's a while. We'll say nine years. Oh, I'm going to head away from you guys. I'm going to say like two years. Hmm. Well, on average, it's about 50. Whoa. Wow. wow. Yep. So uh, that's a long time to be biting your fingernails and <laughs> waiting to find out if things are going wrong. I mean, we're getting to the point where we can just start messing around with asbestos whenever we want. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be dead soon anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we just need to recruit very elderly miners. Yeah, there you go. They have so many stories to tell. So we're on to our terms. What is friable? Oh, French fries, uh, <laughs> French toast, chicken. Really anything if you're in America. <laughs> yeah, just go to a carnival. <laughs> butter. Oreos, yeah. Twinkies. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Corn dogs, corn dogs fry. Fryable is the sort of adorable that the fry kids from McDonald's land are. Ah. Distressingly. I'm going to say it's uh, it's like the lung damage. Hmm. Uh, fryable describes... Uh, Religious single men in the Middle Ages who became fri- <laughs> friars. <laughs> Friarable. Well, this basically means crumbly. So when it comes to products that contain asbestos, friable ones are dangerous and non-friable ones are not so much. Because when you crumble it, it gets loose in the air and that's what's bad. Ah. So for our last four terms here, I'm going to list a type of mineral and you're going to tell me if it's a type of asbestos or not. So first, zebesite. Zebesite. That's a Sailor Moon villain. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard of it. Uh, I'll say no. Well, as someone who used to hang out in a lot of New Age stores, I don't remember seeing it around, which makes me think maybe it was asbestos. Yeah, which chakra does this heal? (laughs) Nope, I made that one up. Aw. Well, that explains why I haven't seen it around. It's true. (laughs) Crocidolite. Crocidolite? This one's real. It, because asbestos is crystalline, like the scales of a <laughs> crocodile. Yes, good. <laughs> this word seems just as ridiculous as the last one. <laughs> it does so, seem Egypty, though. I'll say you made it up again. I'm going to say it's real. This one is real. This is the technical name for blue asbestos. Oh, they come in colors. What does that do to Superman? <laughs> <laughs> Wraps him up. <laughs> 
Tremolite. <laughs> Graboids. <laughs> That's the mineral they're after. <laughs> Tremolite. Sure, why not? This is the asbestos that uh, you put in your in buildings to make them not fall over during earthquakes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an asbestos. When you hung around it too much, you got tremors. This is green asbestos. Hmm. You guys are right. This is asbestos, though it, this one doesn't get a cool name. Yeah. Philomite. Philomite up. <laughs> so you no. say at a bar in Australia. Vegemite. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this one's not real because Australia's not real. <laughs> <laughs> I had a guy on the ship that used to argue that. Yeah, this is the version of, of asbestos that was discovered by Phil the Elder. <laughs> it seems like an asbestos. Like it's, it's little like filament type pieces. That's what I made it up from, but nope, it's made Damn up. Damn it. <laughs> that one was a trap, especially for you, Adam. <laughs> no. And that concludes our acid pop quiz. So we're going to talk about asbestos and why it was in use for so long. But before we do, I wanted to talk about why we're trying to stop people from using it. So mesothelioma is the problem with asbestos. So the mesothelium is the lining of your internal organs, and it's where the crystals of asbestos tend to end up. It gets in there, and then the friction of moving and breathing causes the crystals to cut and cut and cut. Eventually, all this cutting catches up with you, though, as I mentioned in the quiz, that can be decades after exposure. Mostly, this happens in your lungs, though it can happen in any lining. Some other places that it pops up is the stomach, the heart, or the testes, for some reason. How did it get in there? <laughs> don't know. But yeah, it's mostly the lungs, and for unknown reasons, constant aggravation of the mesothelium eventually causes tumors to pop up. And once they're in there, they propagate around and kill you to death. So... Asbestos is like flame proof, right? That's one of the good things about it. Uh huh. So, do you think that you're immune to spontaneous combustion if you have asbestos inside you? At least on the inside. <laughs> so, when this pops up, from diagnosis to death takes about a year, and Ooh. you'll spend that year pretty much unable to breathe. So, yeah, um, asbestos is bad, but it's another one of those things like mercury where it's a cry and shame it's so deadly because it's so dang cool. <laughs> so useful. Sean has been hired by the asbestos lobby. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you how cool it is now, guys. <laughs> so 50 it, years. You'll be fine. <laughs> when I punch those numbers into my calculator, it puts up a happy face. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's a naturally occurring mineral that looks like silk. You can peel off strands of the stuff, weave it together, and make a fabric that's damn near indestructible. What? Clay pots from Finland have been found with asbestos mixed in, making them stronger and more heat resistant. One of the first uses was to make an unburnable candle wick that lasted forever. What? But, but yeah. if it's unburnable, then how... What? Sounds like a bad candle wick. Well, no, because how candles work is they draw up oh, yeah. oil or wax. Oh. So if the wick doesn't burn, you could just have an oil, you know, oil lantern type candle or lantern that just never wears out. Well, I mean, you have to put more oil in it. Right. Yeah. But the wick... No, the oil's magic, too. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Hanukkah oil. <laughs> <laughs> Don't breathe too close to it. And yeah, I mean, it was indestructible except for the occasional bits that would slough up, float away in the heat, and then drift into people's lungs. <gasps> so the Greeks made death shrouds out of the stuff. 
Well, that's pretty accurate, I guess. Well, this way you could stuff a body in there, shove it in a fire like a human hot pocket, and then in the <laughs> end you would have an unharmed bag filled with the ashes of the dead person. You're supposed to put the, the tinfoil around them so they get crispy. <laughs> yeah. So Charlemagne in France had a tablecloth made of asbestos. After big meals where the cloth would get covered in food and wine, he would whip it off the table and toss it in the fireplace. I call this my washing machine. <laughs> when the fire died down, he would pull out the untouched tablecloth that would be cleaned and sanitized from a freaking fire. Now I want one. Yeah. We just shake it off. There was even a period where turning precious gems into flowers was in vogue, and craftsmen could make metal petals and such, but when it came to fine details of stems and vines, they needed fabric. So cotton fibers would eventually decay away, but indestructible asbestos fibers would last forever. Crazy. So in Russia, someone created a dandelion in a crystal vase with a golden stem, and the dandelion puffs were made of asbestos. Don't blow those off of there. Yeah, make a wish. <gasps> so yeah, all that stuff is awesome. But again, super carcinogenic. It wasn't a huge deal until the Industrial Revolution when stuff started happening on a large scale. Big mining digs uh, would bring up tens of thousands of tons of asbestos and then ship it to factories where workers would grind and mix the stuff to make whatever, sucking in clouds and clouds of asbestos. Mm. Now, when they started issuing that asbestos perfume, that was when it really <laughs> went too far. But Kelly's right, though. Like, eventually, wouldn't you get saturated enough that you'd be fireproof? <laughs> yeah, probably. They, all these workers have a superpower. They just don't even know it. <laughs> So the factory lights on fire and they all walk out of there like the damn Terminator. (laughs) (laughs) So this was going on all over the world and it didn't take long for some people to notice a pattern. Apparently it took about 50 years. (laughs) Well, yeah. In 1897, an Australian doctor cited the cause of death of a patient as asbestos inhalation. In 1898, in England, an inspection of a factory received a citation for widespread damage and injury of the lungs due to the dusty surroundings of the asbestos mill. In 1906, Dr. Montague Murray in London performed an autopsy on a dead man and found a, quote, large amount of asbestos in his lungs, unquote. (laughs) And then he breathed in and... (laughs) Gasp! (laughs) Be large enough to notice. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot. Looks like his lungs are full of rock candy. <laughs> he breathes. He sounds like a rock tumbler. <laughs> Gargling with gravel. <laughs> so studies started happening in Italy, France, and the U.S. that showed that asbestos workers died very young. It was clearly a time for action. So without wasting any time, insurance companies in the U.S. and Canada decreased the benefits and increased the premiums for people who worked in asbestos factories. <laughs> Good job, folks. Yep, they knew a losing bet when they saw one. But the companies that made products with asbestos in them did things that thoroughly prove why we can't have a free market. They suppressed studies, paid off doctors and journalists, and did everything that they could to stop the truth about asbestos from getting around. Ambushed people in blue-white powder in their face like a witch doctor. (laughs) (laughs) They would cherry-pick the best results from the studies, of which there were very few, and show those to their employees, saying, see, everything's fine. Why, this man's been working with asbestos for 30 years, and he's never had any problems. (laughs) For 49 years, (laughs) he's still going strong. 
A very evil doctor named Kenneth Smith was hired as a medical director at a big asbestos company named Johns Manville. And when asked how to handle cases of asbestos, he said, just don't tell them. (laughs) Oh, good. Yes. So an executive at the same company recalled a conversation with the president named Lewis Brown, where he said, Mr. Brown, do you mean to tell me that you would let them work until they drop dead? To which he said, yes, we save a lot of money that way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sorry. Am I not talking to another billionaire? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. This was Mansville. (laughs) (laughs) I do kind of want to see what Mansville is like. (laughs) Did you see my monocle? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I ripped my sleeves off again. (laughs) (laughs) So an executive at another company called... Bendix sent out a memo that said, if you have enjoyed a good life while working with asbestos products, why not die from it? Yeah. <laughs> that's his little pep talk. That's a good, good memo. Anyways, your 15 minute break I is mean, over. Has anyone seen the Republicans arguments right now? I didn't want to say it, but yes. COVID? <laughs> oh no. I was, I was, Dr. Oz told me that if we get, if we got all the kids back at school, we'd only lose two to 3% of them. And that yeah. was fine. Such a small number, Andy. <laughs> and they're so small anyway. <laughs> they're, they're so young. Their parents can't be too attached. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the really stupid thing about these companies is they had all this evidence they were covering up, but they kept sneakily conducting more studies to prove it wasn't so bad. <laughs> then they would cover up those studies. <laughs> Why are we doing this? Where yeah. are all the studies going? <laughs> so one done in the 1930s on workers in a textile plant took x-rays of all the workers' lungs. 50% of the workers with 10 years of experience had asbestos, and 87% of workers with 15 years of experience did. With all those covered up studies, like anybody who glances at the building would just see a bunch of scientists standing around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have to burn these studies. We can't. They're printed on asbestos. <laughs> <laughs> all the documents. <laughs> Maybe the reason they kept doing studies is they kept covering them up so they yeah. hadn't seen the previous what studies. Did <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Commission another study. You definitely can't do a, uh, uh, what are they called? Like an aggregated peer review. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, you destroyed the results before I could look at them. Do it again. (laughs) But yeah, this ridiculous cycle of conduct study and then cover it up kept going on until the 1960s. When it got to the courts in 1964, the asbestos companies threw up their hands and said, well, isn't that something? We had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) What do you know? And then investigators opened up a door labeled do not open and almost drowned in an avalanche of studies and cover-ups that came streaming out. In the U.S., asbestos was categorized as a pollutant in 1971, but it would take another 15 years or so to stop the production of it. Categorized as kind of icky. Yeah. But in the meantime, a couple of world wars happened, and big ships and planes need a lot of good insulation. After the wars, there was a lot of rebuilding to do, and what could be better for new buildings than cheap, reliable insulation around the pipes and filling all the walls? Good old trustworthy asbestos. Mm Mm-hmm. Furnace cement, tile floors, wrapping for electrical cables, roof tiles, firefighters clothes, brake pads, cookware, acoustic paneling. Asbestos seemed to find its way into almost everything. Baby diapers. Yeah. You don't want your kid to catch fire in the night. (laughs) (laughs) They're totally safe around the waist. (laughs) 
So shit, in the 1950s, when cigarette companies were under heavy fire as people started to notice how nastily they died from smoking, the Kent Micronite Company came up with asbestos cigarette filters to protect people from that nasty tobacco. (laughs) Hmm. Two wrongs do make a right. (laughs) The cigarette doesn't taste like the mountains anymore. It tastes like cutting. (laughs) This isn't flavor country, more like a flavor suburb. (laughs) So over 11 billion of these were sold throughout the 1950s and into the 1960s. So you remember in The Wizard of Oz when our team of heroes walks through a poppy field and it starts to snow, which puts them to sleep for some reason? I'm sure the story has nothing to do with asbestos, but continue. (laughs) (laughs) So this may shock you, but that was artificial snow. So movie sets had lots of hot lights and electrical components. So in order to make a safe, non-flammable snowflake, the ones used on the set of Wizard of Oz were pure white asbestos. (laughs) I mean, in their defense, a fire would also be bad. True. (laughs) Do you want to die today or like 1987? In my opinion, probably the worst product was released in the 1970s. It was a hairdryer where the heating coils were wrapped in asbestos. So turning it on just blasted you in the face with hot asbestos wind. (laughs) Uh, Only slightly worse than their inhaler asbestos can. (laughs) So over 18 million of these were sold and only about 3 million were recovered in the inevitable recall. Well, you don't want to give up your best hairdryer yeah Yeah, an heirloom so here's a story about a town that uses asbestos this story has been repeated all over the world and more or less plays out the same every time in the town of sinan japan in the early 1900s companies started to import asbestos fibers and weave them into clothes the work was hard and the days were long but hey just about anyone could do it so you didn't need a higher education Heck, you didn't even need to be able to read. And this was a common theme in asbestos factories and mines. The exploitation of the poor? Uh Uh-huh. Shocking! (laughs) No. So for close to 100 years, the people of the town worked away at making asbestos clothes. So much of the stuff was trucked in that the air was thick with it. Sometimes people around town would get really sick, have trouble breathing, and die. Well... A lot of times, actually, but these things happen, right? Such is life. But then, in 2005, a huge lawsuit happened against the Kabuda factory, which made pipes and housing materials out of asbestos. The lawsuit alleged that 10% of the workers in the factory and more people throughout the town had died of mesothelioma as a direct result of working with asbestos. They claimed that the government had known about the dangers of asbestos, but had made no efforts to warn the workers or to push for safer working conditions. The residents of Sinan, even as uneducated as they were, heard about this and they said, hey, wait a minute. (laughs) So they started their own lawsuit against the company and the government, but the cases proceeded exceedingly slowly through the court. It took about eight years to work everything out, which makes me feel like it was a deliberate effort in the company's part in the hopes that all the plaintiffs would just hurry up and die. (laughs) Some of them, I guess. Jeez. A documentary was made about this story, and it was called the Sinan Asbestos Disaster, if you want to learn more about that situation. But yeah, that's generally how it went down. A company would start up a factory in a town with uneducated people and then just basically pay them a lot to work with asbestos all day. Relatively a lot. (laughs) Money, you say? Yeah. 
So all of this was result of companies putting profits ahead of safety. Uh, probably the biggest and worst was the Johns Manville Company, the result of a merger between Johns Manufacturing Company and the Manville Covering Company in 1901. So both companies made insulation and roof tiles, and the company quickly became one of the largest in the world. They got into asbestos in a big way, and as early as 1929, they were dealing with complaints from employees about silly little things like breathing and dying of cancer. <laughs> oh, gosh. If an employee pushed too hard, they would pay them off so long as they signed a document saying that they would not talk about asbestos or their problems to anyone. When independent companies would come out with reports showing a link between asbestos and cancer, John Manville would suppress publication of the findings. The company did physicals for their employees, but they had a policy of not telling them if anything bad showed up. Oh, good. Yeah, that's a good physical. <gasps> mm -hmm. Helpful. In the 1960s, when lawsuits started to pour in, the company still used the strategy of settling in secret, and they would try offering the sick employees $600. No, oh, breathe in the smell of money. <laughs> so there was a government policy at the time that stated employees must be offered $12,000 for such a claim, but John Mansville kept that a secret too. So they managed to keep that bad ball rolling until 1980 when the lawsuits overtook them and they filed for bankruptcy. At the time, they were the largest company to ever file for bankruptcy. Hmm. Though they still didn't go out of business, they shut their doors, set up a fund to pay all those whiners, and then they reopened <laughs> in 1988. And they're still around today. Wow. What do they make these days? They found other stuff to make insulation out of. I guess we won't use asbestos anymore. <laughs> so that was really slimy. But in my opinion, the worst is the James Hardy Company out of Melbourne, Australia. They make those t-shirts, right? <laughs> yeah. So they're a company that makes siding for houses and fiber cement products. They were founded in 1888 and got into asbestos in the early 1900s. In the 1930s, when evidence of cancer-causing effects of asbestos started to show up, the James Hardy Company had a different approach to handling this problem. Rather than suppressing evidence or, heaven forbid, make safe working environments, they instead made all the mines and factories that handled asbestos subsidiary companies of James Hardy. <laughs> In the 1970s, when the inevitable lawsuits started pouring in, James Hardy would look at their children companies and say, wow, sucks to be you, then so, cut all ties with that business. Bye. Push them out to see you. Yeah. Why, how, well, how awful what they were doing. Yeah. <laughs> so everything was structured in such a way that no lawsuit could get through the subsidiaries to the James Hardy company. And without their parent company support, the subsidiary companies had no resources to handle the lawsuits. This went on for decades, and when things got hairy, they moved headquarters to Ireland. So people are pissed and go for the throat of James Hardy, but on paper, they aren't responsible. So really nothing bad has ever happened to the company other than they've had to find other things to make siding out of. Corporations are so weird. Yeah. If only to be a lawyer with an evil mind. <laughs> That's where the money is. That, that definitely is where the money is. And that was the last of the stories that I had. Anybody have any asbestos stories? I mean, nothing ever really happened, but every every time they had to do, like, ship work or something where they had to, like, tear apart 
sightings and stuff, they always had to take precautions. But I mean, if something did happen, I guess we wouldn't know yet. Yeah, that clock's still ticking. <laughs> As an elementary school janitor, you were given training that said, hey, a lot of this, like if you bump a pipe and white stuff comes off of it, fucking run. Yeah. <laughs> Don't gasp in surprise. <laughs> yeah, we ha- uh, so uh, uh, apparently they're still using some asbestos in some schools around here, hmm. or maybe they haven't found some of it. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like that stupid stuff is just everywhere. So and uh, we uh, all of the, the the mobile classrooms, like the the ones that oh we have too many kids, let's just put a trailer out there. Yeah, uh, you're warned that uh, you're not supposed to rip up carpet. You're not supposed to get into the walls <laughs> or anything because those things are from the seventies. Yeah. Really? Yeah, well, we had an earthquake and one of the walls and one of those things split and we were not allowed to go inside until somebody came in and said, yeah, there's no asbestos in this one. Thank God. <laughs> somebody from the asbestos company said, there's no problem here. <laughs> I've just run a study. It says you're safe. <laughs> yeah, uh, my old job was in a building I was told used to be a tank factory. Yeah, your building um, sounded super haunted. <laughs> it, it, I mean... It was it was more infested than haunted, <laughs> but um, yeah my my team worked sort of out in the open in this big warehouse, and they were making us a a smaller, cleaner, more off to the side place to do what we did. But first, they had to tear down the walls in a bunch of rooms, and then there was like big warning signs and plastic up all over the place that said dangerous asbestos do not cross protective equipment required and that was up for i don't know a month or so maybe were longer. those signs telling the asbestos not to cross the line <laughs> yeah and then they took it all down and it was like okay your work area is ready enjoy <laughs> um don't breathe more than say twice a day <laughs> more than necessary but I mean, until we moved into the new space, I was like, you know, coughing up black stuff every day from all the dust in the air in the. Uh... Yeah. Well, see, so you're safe. That's the opposite of the white stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like, like in asbestos land, I was breathing much more clear, at least for the moment. <laughs> My lungs have never been more fire free. <laughs> Kelly would come home, take a tissue and blow her nose and it would just like come away just black. Yeah. There's a lot of dust in that. That. uh <laughs> factory not a not old factory. tank factory warehouse that's the word well my uh step grandfather was uh big into ships i don't know if he did it as a job or just as a hobby but he spent a lot of time on ships and he actually died of mesothelioma mm. he got uh, cancer from it mm. and died that just uh that just that if, if you did it it's just like it's gonna happen if you live long enough just pretty terrible well, one of our patrons, J.E. Carp, who's in Australia, told a story about when he would drive by a house sometimes on his way to the beach from his parents. And this house was painted entirely yellow and it was called Asbestos Manor. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I I couldn't help but look into this story, though uh, I won't reveal where it was to protect the identity of our patron. But yeah, I wanted to show you guys a picture of this because like... Saying it was all painted yellow does not do it justice. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's like somebody so melted like, a crayon all over that. <laughs> it is like top to bottom, every crevice, every, the washing lines, the fence, the tables, the chairs, everything. Possibly the grass. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, it is all yellow top to bottom. So I tried to look into this a little bit and I don't know, like, 
My only guess is this was actually called Asbestos Manor because of the shade of yellow that it's painted, and there is yellow asbestos. And That's it's where old man asbestos lived. It's <laughs> his thing. But I don't know that it actually has anything to do with actual asbestos. It's, it's, it's still a weird story, though. Like, I guess there was this thing going on at the time where developers were coming in and they were building large new apartment buildings or condo buildings right next to existing houses, and they would just, like, damage the hell out of the existing houses like stuff would fly off and break windows sometimes they would dig to make underground parking garages and like damage the foundation of nearby houses or like make dangerous sinkholes and then they would just be like well you know it's your problem it's not our fault it's an oopsie doodle (laughs) they built like the tasmanian devil (laughs) and i guess the government just like wasn't doing anything about it and i guess this guy's house was slated to have a big apartment building built next to it. And he knew that if anything was damaged, there wasn't going to be a protection from him. So as a sign of protest, he painted his house yellow. I mean, that makes sense. Obnoxiously and, yellow. Yeah. And it, it stopped the development company. Like they decided not to build next to him. He's so. going to have a hard time selling apartments next to that place. Yeah. So uh, good for him. I guess <laughs> it's that house. It's poisonous. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I couldn't find a lot of details about the story, but as far as I could tell, that's, that's what went down with asbestos manor. Don't they have a name for things like that? Aren't they called like spite houses or yeah, something like that. <laughs> no HOA apparently. <laughs> well, I, uh, I think we're going to skip what are your morals worth this week? Cause, uh, I don't know. Asbestos is so awful. <laughs> I can't. Uh, I can't yeah, think of like, something I can ask you to do for it. For any money. scenario would either kill us or make us totally evil people. Yeah. How much to cover up a study? Yeah. <laughs> Five billion. So we've we finally hit on a subject too gruesome to put a price tag on. There's so. just no silver lining unless you get silver asbestos. <laughs> but damn, it would be cool to have a shirt that was completely fireproof. <laughs> I want that tablecloth. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. Just I want all my clothes made in that. I just throw them all in the fireplace. Yeah, that <laughs> happened apparently. Apparently also, like, you could do it with not 100% asbestos. Like, you huh. could use a mixture of asbestos and other fibers, and it would still work. So, really? yeah. Dump gasoline on my dirty clothes and toss a match <laughs> in. Yep. All right, I think that's all we have for this week. Thanks to my co-host for joining me today. Thanks to our editor, Gerard, who's hopefully breathing clear and easy. If you'd like more of us, you can find us on Instagram or Twitter at Acid Pop Podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us on Reddit or email us at acidpoppodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show and throw us a buck or two, you can find us on Patreon. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, don't breathe. Bye.